That's the sound of a day starting out right. I hear it every time my new Toro Z-Master 4000 Zero Turn starts up. With big-time horsepower, giant Voodoo track tires, TurboForce deck, and comforts like MyRide and USB ports, it's fully loaded to mow all day long while delivering that signature Toro cut. From start to finish, this beast means business. Get your Z-Master 4000 today. Toro. Count on it. Introducing the s Podcast channel, your one-stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. Welcome to episode 229 of the Yes and the Podcast Show. Steven's here, Vin is here, Dan right back from the homeland. Yeah. What's going on? Not much. A lot of jet lag. I uh, I miss a lot, even though I was in loop of watching all the Mets and Yankees highlights after the fact. But, oh, I missed the fun week and a half, two weeks, guys, huh? Hey, yeah. <laughs> the the Mets took a time machine back to 2013 and have the best 2013 squad of all time. Even though they, I, even though they cut Roger Davis today, but that's besides yeah. the fact. They ex- we excommunicated uh, Mickey on Twitter on Sunday. He's been after excommunicated for three weeks. So. I know, but it was funny. Like everybody was like, "All right, he's getting fired," and then and then Cespedes fell in a hole allegedly. That was fun. I, that man fell off a horse. I've never heard a more bad story as someone falling off a horse. And I by mean, the way, I'm calling it now. The reason so was why it, he, was it one why ankle he, what, or both? One ankle. Okay. It was one ankle, but multiple fractures. Okay. Um, they, they and also, the Mets are doing it the Willie Randolph way. The last time some, a coach was fired by the Mets during the season was Willie Randolph. What they did was they went on. A, uh, they were at home. They played a Sunday home game, and then they flew to Los Angeles and fired. Willie Randolph. Yeah. After I believe it was taking two out of three in that home in the weekend series. So if they win today, sorry Mickey, you're going to LA for free, but you're gonna have to pay to get home in the morning. Well, wait. I don't think he's gonna get fired after this homestand. I think this homestand saved him for at least a couple more weeks. Listen, Arizona's been putting up ten runs a game. The Dodgers have the best best team in baseball, right? They're so, we basically are going to go through this home stretch for no reason, in my opinion. But what you're forget what you're forgetting is the Mets fired Willie after a win. Like he managed the first game in LA. In that's the, true against that's the Angels, true. and they won. And then he got fired. I'm pretty sure he didn't manage that game. He did. I I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Because no, I woke I, I woke up to them saying he got fired, and I was like, oh, they must have got killed last night. And they won like twelve to five or something like that. He definitely managed the game. And then the next game, Jerry Manuel had to uh, bench Reyes because he didn't run out. Or, yeah, something like that. Uh, That was some long ago I had to wake up for a high school final that day. (laughs) 
Oh, wow. I thought, they, I thought it was on the way after that. No, it was at 3 o'clock in the morning the next day. Like, okay, after so they, they did won win, a game. They win a game. They did win. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It was Father's Day. That's why. They had to give him an extra Right. The Father's Sunday was, was Father's Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SNDblog.com, <coughs> SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, ESNY.com, Elite Sports New York. We're there. You can find us on there now. Also, we've added a swipe up on our Instagram, so we will do previews on our IGTV's story now on, so that what we can do is put a link in there for people to find us, and they can swipe up to listen to us now. So... With that being said, let's go into the leadoff. Leading off. All right, welcome back to the leadoff. Uh, we haven't done a show since the, obviously with Danny's absence, since the draft lottery in the, in, in the NBA. So I thought it'd be interesting to hear your guys' thoughts on what you think about the balancing of the odds. Obviously, all the last, for the bottom three teams, each had a 14% chance, and then it incrementally goes down from there. I don't know if it's going to stop people from tanking because you still want the best odds. But I I actually do think it's a good thing. I think you won't see, like, what did the Nets win, like, 11 games that year or something like that? Yeah, and they, I mean, still, that... and they still lost. Right. But, like, you won't see something like that. You'll Maybe you'll see some, like, well, you, you will, that regularly in, bad teams. That and the Sixers a couple of years ago. Oh, right, the Sixers have the most losses Worst. ever, I think. Yeah, yeah most recently. <clears throat> But, you know, you know what's funny about the Sixers is that like they actually were trying to tank, while the Knicks were actually trying to win games at the end of the year. Yeah, I don't know, but it's also okay. better. It's better because now you don't get those games where where teams just don't want to play at the end of the year. You know, you're not gonna you didn't you know. The Lakers tried increasing their odds, but what did it really do for them? It didn't really do anything. Yeah, they got a, a top four pick, which is fine. But they weren't supposed to get a top four pick based on the odds. No, they weren't. But that's the thing. It's I I think it will stop people, like I said, it will stop people from trying to win eight games and maybe they'll win twenty games. And you know, it's not a big difference, but it's not embarrassing anymore. Now you're going to get those rivalry games at the end of the year where teams that are not going to be making the playoffs are actually going to try because it doesn't matter as much for the odds. You're going to see yeah, more, I think I, so. You're going to see I, more I, competitive. Yeah, I, I like the three team, the bottom three teams getting the crapshoot. It just sucks the year the Knicks had the worst record was the year they changed the they, rule. They do it, right? <laughs> let's, let's face facts, though. Being Nick fans, we know that if they didn't change the rules, they would have never been, never would have had the worst record. Correct, correct. <laughs> but it was funny. That was the night I left for Italy. So it was, of course, I was on the flight, and for I guess American doesn't have free Wi-Fi, so I thought it, they did. So I was like, all right, I'm good. So for whatever reason, I guess I did it way too late. So video wasn't working, so I was just scrolling on Twitter. I paid twenty bucks to for crappy internet to find out they <laughs> <laughs> they got the third pick. It was funny watching everybody's reaction on Twitter. Like, oh, all right, well, I just wasted twenty bucks. Let me go back to sleep. 
and go on with my flight. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I found out we got the third pick. Uh, it is what it is. It's a three-player draft, allegedly. So we can either get John Morant or uh, R.J. Barrett, which I'm okay with. Obviously, I wanted Zion for the effect, but... Yeah, no, that was that was my uh, lottery day. Um, at at but, the end of the day, it's it's Barrett or trading. Um, I'm actually almost done with my article of what they should do, and one of the options, of course, is drafting RJ or trading him to the Pelicans for Davis. Yeah, I, honestly, with future um, picks. yeah, I I really I'm really don't want to do that, and the reason why I want I don't want to do that is. We've seen the quick fix, quick fix so many times, and then in a year or two, it's completely done, and then we're back to square one. Yeah, but here's the difference in this year: you're getting, you're gonna get Davis, and you know you have two max contract deals where you're gonna be able to sign. Yeah, of course. Kyrie and Durant. Now you have the three of them playing. It's a lot better of a fix than a quick fix. It's not a quick fix. For a year, it's a quick fix for you know when you get Amari Stoudemire, you needed to get LeBron James also that year. Of course, because Stoudemire is not one of those guys who's going to control the team, and you knew that in Phoenix he wasn't the best player on that team when he was in. Oh yeah, well with with Amari that was also he was the last player, and the Knicks couldn't look stupid not getting anybody on top of it. Even though we all liked Amari for what he brought to the Knicks, but let's let's face facts with that. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I would take my chances with Barrett and see what happens in in free agency. I, I would I would rather taking my chance and get that building going in like the future more than I'm not t- saying anything bad about Anthony Davis, of course. But we finally making the right moves of getting draft picks and building the right way. I, I don't want to force it if it's not there. Well, here's the other thing with. Uh... With the Knicks is when did Steve Mills come in last year? Uh, well, Steve Mills has been around for uh, Scott Perry. You're thinking of Scott okay. Mills has been around forever. Okay, Scott Perry, the GM, right? Yeah. Said publicly, we're not doing quick fixes. We're not trading draft picks. We're not trading assets. Correct. Yes. Okay, so we'll see what happens, though. I mean, if if. The Pelicans come to you and say, hey, give us this year's one, the one in two years. And who was the kid on the all-rookie team this year? Um, uh, Mitchell. Mitchell from the Knicks, the second rookie yeah. team, right? And him. And we're going to give you Anthony Davis. What's his Davis. name? Uh, Dwight Smith Jr., right? Was his no, name? Was it? no, no. It's the, the center. What's that guy's name? Isn't it Mitchell? Okay. Robinson? Mitchell Robinson. Okay. I don't know. That's right. why I asked you. I don't, I don't know. Dan, you watch the team a lot more than Well, Steven yeah, than this, yeah, this year wasn't. Uh, but, yeah, Mitchell Robinson. Um, but if they call and say that, then it's kind of like a, you know, you kind of have to at least consider it. Now you're getting the big man you need. You know you have a shot at both Durant and Kyrie. You know at least Kyrie wants to be in New York. But they also have rumored Kyrie really wants to go to Brooklyn for whatever reason, and the Nets are going to pursue it. 
Which is interesting for the whole um, Russell situation as well. Have the two point guard situation. That seems a little weird to me, but it was, let's see what um, happens. It was announced yesterday that they think the two of them could thrive, but Russell's also a restricted free agent. So. Yeah, but he, he isn't going anywhere. Uh, Kyrie could play the two, though, I guess. I mean, I know. I don't but they're they're both very ball oriented point guards. Yeah. But it, it's just we've seen that before, and that never ends well. As you see with Chris Paul and James Harden, apparently fighting I, after Game Six. I just don't think. I know we like the idea of building and and stuff and all that, but I don't think that's the way you win in the NBA. Unfortunately. I I I, I yeah of course, but. With the third pick overall, you'd hope he's something good, and then we can get another free. With the free agency pieces that we should be hopefully getting, I think that would be enough. You know what I'm saying? Like if we were, at, if we got the fourth or fifth or sixth pick, anything after the top three, I'm with you 100%. Let's go, let's do it. But I think with the top three pick, let's see what the situation presents itself and go from there. <laughs> Especially with all the other picks we're getting for por- the Porzingis trade and everything else like that. Talk about the disaster what? of a human being. Yeah, well, <laughs> we saw that we saw the writings on the wall on that, huh? Unfortunately, I mean, for once the Knicks made a good decision. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of bad signs from him. He people are the right people are not telling him what to do. That's his problem, not mine. But like, yeah, like we said a little bit back to we got a little off topic, like always, you know. Um, but well, it was a Nick centric. Com- uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it was awesome because, like I said, you know, you don't really see team. You're not going to see teams tanking, quote unquote, anymore in the NFL, in the NBA. Well, you do. You just you, you, they want to be in the lottery, not- and that's it. Yeah, that's really all it comes down to at this point. You don't have to finish as the worst team, as you saw. Three of the four that yeah. were on stage weren't weren't anywhere near. I think the the Lakers were the closest at like six or seven. Yes, but but the Suns, the Knicks, and the other I'm forgetting the other team that sucked with them. But they all sucked. Like the Knicks definitely tried to tank this year because there was games where like, oh, you don't you have you don't feel good, you have the sniffles. All right, don't play. There was plenty of games like that this year. Yeah, but Plus it's they're... not like if anybody on the Knicks that missed the game for the sniffles mattered. Oh, for for sure. But but you get what I'm saying. Like they could they can trot them out, and it's just a sniffles play. Probably would have been better if they did it that way. Yeah. They still were the worst team in the league, so didn't really matter either what they did. But I don't know. It's just one of those things. It and it keeps it somewhat balanced, even though it really doesn't. I don't think it does. But it keeps it keeps the teams honest in sort of way, I guess. I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was interesting. I just thought, of course, the year the Knicks tanked, it was the year this happened, and then obviously they didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. But again, like I said earlier, this It's the Knicks. It's so. the Knicks, so of course it happened that way. Mm-hmm. The Knicks would have ended up like tenth in the in the in the draft if they didn't change the rules yet. 
of course. Well, with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. Let's do a little bit more Division 1.1 Cross the Bear, and we'll be right back into it. Welcome back to episode 229 of the S&D Podcast Show. Stephen, Dan, and Vin are here. We would like to welcome in a special guest for this week's show. He's from On The Board Sports. Will, what's going on, Will? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How are you? Pleasure to be on. Glad, glad that you guys are talking sports, so I can't wait to talk with you guys. Awesome. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, for those who don't know, I was actually – I know Will from Hockey Games. Um we both sit with the Blue and Orange Army at the Coliseum and the Barclays Center, and we were talking a little bit, and he asked me to come on to his show for their baseball preview show. So we figured we should bring Will on to our show as well. You know, podcast world needs the, you know, cross-advertising, is like I like to put it. Absolutely. Absolutely, fellas. You know, it's, like I said, it's been almost, what, two months since – since we did this, uh, since you and I did the uh, Met preview, so it's it's going to be. Uh, I think today's show is going to be absolutely fantastic, to say the very least. Yes, yes, yes. So tell us a little about on the board sports for all those who don't know them that listen to us. Sure, sure. Um, so basically, my partner and I, Sean Thomas, we started up the show last year, and it's funny the way how it started up because to give a quick uh, quick side story here. Sean and I went to school together back in 2010 at Nassau Community College, and I wound up, me and him, him and I, we were in at WHVC 90.3 FM, for those that don't know, Radio Voice of Nassau Community College. We were there for about a year and a half. I wound up getting called up for my uh, apprenticeship program. I went through Local 3, Local 3 School. I'm a union electrician outside of doing this, and... uh, you know, he posted something on, on Instagram six years later from from 2018. And, uh, you know, he basically just said, you know, I'm looking to get back in the radio and into talking sports or whatever. And I wound up messaging him and commenting him back. And he's got like 2,000 followers. I was the only one to, to message him back. And last year at around this very same time, we wound up starting up on the board sports. We came up with the logo. We found the podcast studio downtown. It was absolutely phenomenal. And yet here we are a year later talking sports. It's crazy how the brand actually grew. So it's been absolutely a wonderful time with, uh, with you on to say the very least. Awesome. Yeah. You know, like a little, a little backstory on us was always, you know, Danny and I would always talk sports and he'd keep pushing me to listen to podcasts. And we just kind of were like, yo, let's do this. Yeah, basically. <laughs> when, it's, when going on, just... it's going on seven years in a couple of weeks. So Yeah, October will be seven years. Uh, a lot of exciting things coming, especially when we turned it into a channel. And then, of course, you know, the blog site and now joining Yes and uh, So for On The Board Sports, before we talk about our regular, regular stuff today, uh, who's been like that like one guest that you were like at awe that you had on your show? Because I know you, you guys get a lot of guests on your show. So who was that one guest that you oh. were just like, wow, I can't believe this guy actually said, let's do this? Or this lady, of course. Oh, man. There's actually a couple people that uh, that come to mind right now. Uh, first and foremost, we're, we're both Islander fans. I think your whole panel is Islander fans. So to have Brendan Burke on our show, that was just absolutely unbelievable. 
uh, to say the very least, to have the voice, the TV voice of the Islanders, you know, somebody that took over for Howie Rhodes, and he's got the, the brightest future out of any color, com- out of any commentator uh, in the business right now. So he's big. Uh, Sid Rosenberg, Sid Rosenberg coming on was pretty huge. Uh, he hosted the Bernie and Sid show. He was on WFAN for, for a while. Uh, Mike Yam from the Pac-12 Network, he came on to talk a little uh, college hoops with us. And even a couple of friends, you know, to say the very least. Guys like, uh, obviously, Fess from the Blue and Orange Army. Um, you know, who else? Mike Carver from the ILC Podcast. Uh, my friend Jonathan Kramer, who I grew up with, he came on our show to talk poker. He's a poker pro. Uh, just a lot of names out there, to say the very least. But those are... Those are the names that obviously stick out. And even Scoopy, Brandon Robinson, if for those that don't know, that follow basketball, he's, he covers basketball night in and night out, and he's just a real uh, treat to talk to whenever you talk about basketball. He actually sat with us for a game at the uh, at the Barclays Center, the Islanders at Avalanche game. He came down with my partner. I don't know if you guys were there or not for that, but he was there. He was there for that game. But, yeah, it was. Uh, it's been absolutely – crazy but definitely those guys definitely come to mind there's been a lot of other people too like uh Andrew Slott from Combos Court one two combo just great guys in general dude even Jose McFly from uh from the Yankees the big time Yankee fan he's a great person as well so you know just uh like I said it's been great can't wait for uh can't wait for what's in store for us so just wanted to give a huge shout out to those guys Absolutely. So let's let's get down to business. Um, on your Twitter, hang, uh, Twitter handle, I never personally met you, so nice to meet you, Will. Um, very nice. Very nice to meet you. <laughs> I'm like uh, Vin and Steve. Um, it says you're a Yankee fan, Islander fan, Jeff fan, and a Laker fan. All right, whatever. Yes. Two out, one out of two, eh, one out of four ain't bad. But, um, <laughs> but. but but um, let's start. Let's start with the Yankees, obviously, because they're the main team in town, and they're still clogging away uh, with everything like that. They're just they're still plugging away. They're just as Yankees being the Yankees, Gio Shellas being Gio Shella, my gate, my guy uh, DJ Lemayu been uh, still plugging away as well. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Boyd hit a 470 foot home run yesterday. So. Being a Yankee fan, and this year being so weird that half the lineup is on the DL, um, what's your takeaway of the first half so far? Well, through the first two months of the season with this Yankees team, I think it's been absolutely surreal what this team has basically went through with all these injuries coming in. And, you know, nobody can ever predict an injury throughout the season, right? Of course. I mean, Aaron Judge is on the, on the I.L., you know, Carlos Stanton's on the I.L. You know, Paxton's on the I.L. Sebastian is also on the I.L. There is a lot of things that ultimately come to play here with this Yankee team. But with that being said, fellas, you look at the depth that Brian Cashman has built through not only the farm system, but these underrated signings that have, uh, that have basically just brought this team together. And Aaron Boone has been absolutely plugging in guys left and right, and they've been producing guys. DJ LeMahieu, he just said he's been, he's an absolutely he's a professional hitter. 
going to the opposite field, doing things up like that. Uh, another guy that comes to mind that he's been in the league for almost 10 years, and he was the centerpiece of that, uh, that Miguel Cabrera trade, Cameron Maven. Mm-hmm. He's been absolutely killing it as far as just going the opposite way and just playing small ball and all that. He's been an absolute fine so far for the Yankees this year. Obviously, Kiela He's been playing phenomenal at third base. Gregor Torres playing shortstop at his natural position. I mean, my goodness, you know, he is just one phenomenal player, to say the very least. But the the Oriole killer. Oh, he is the Oriole killer, too. Unbelievable. He just loves playing up against them. Even Gary Thorne. Every time he goes up against them, I always want to listen to Gary Thorne and his broadcast because it is just an absolute uh, treat, to say the very least, what goes on over there. But to go into the the doubleheader yesterday, the bottom of the order came through, like I said, uh, Cameron Maben coming through, Bueller uh, Scheller coming through, and then who was the kid that played with them yesterday, number 30, Estrada. He also played very well yesterday. So it comes at a, at a very good point in time with this team. Yes, they're playing up against last-place teams, but these are the teams that you're supposed to beat no matter – how you're looking at it right now, especially with this roster uh, that's in place. These guys are proving it right now, and they're they're unbelievable. And you know, it's just it's just a great joy to watch. Uh, absolutely. So it's it's really just insane. Like like you guys were, like you were mentioning before. It's just like right now, it just seems like we the Yankees don't need Judge, and they're just handling their business. And, like, it's really funny, last year, the uh, conception of Aaron Boone was, all right, Aaron Boone is just there, it's okay, He's he doesn't need to do anything. And it's funny how that changes a year later. He should win the manager of the year if if the path of the Yankees stay the same. Um, it's well, really just simply crazy how different styles of managing everybody thinks one year to the next year of different situations. So it, well, it's absolutely. really crazy. It, it has been absolutely crazy. But you know what, too? You look at other managers that are going around in the uh, in the AL right now. Obviously, the Twins, they have the best record in baseball by one game. And Rocco Baldelli, former Ray player, he, he was supposed to be a top five prospect back in the day. And his career didn't plan out. But now he's the manager of the Twins. And this team is in first place. With the reason right now, they have the young talent that's in place over there. So you can't sleep on sleep on them. But with your point right now, with Aaron Boone, yes, I really do agree with you. He's been through a lot of turmoil as far as with this roster and with all the injuries and all that. I get that. But with that being said, there's just they need to have they have to have guys like Judge back and Stanton back very soon because you know the schedule right now. They got they still got to go up against the Mets within what four times, twice at Yankee Stadium, twice at City Field. They still got to go to London to play Boston at a uh, Wembley Stadium, I believe. Uh, you know they still got to play Houston at home, Tampa Bay. There's still there's still a, a foe. There's still a lot of things right now, and with this team coming in. You know that these guys are going to come back and take that starting role 
one way or another. So we got to see what happens. But they definitely need guys like Judge and Stanton back whenever they go up against uh, those both teams. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, there was an interesting um, article in Newsday actually today by Eric Bolin um, talking about the countdown for Didi. And like, but when you think about it, you got guys like Geo stepping up. You got guys like we've been talking about Glaber, who, let's face it, you know, at one point, you kind of had to start thinking Glaber may have been one of those pieces you traded for a pitcher with the way Didi's played. Little, he lost a little bit of the shine there for a little bit. Right, because of the fact of Didi, how Didi Gregorius was playing shortstop, there was real, there was kind of a. Okay, we can move him to third to increase his value, and then we could get a starting pitcher for him. But then, of course, Didi going down for the Tommy John surgery last year. But the article's about how Didi's first starting rehab games now. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, you guys got guys like Tulo sitting there in the minors now, who's actually pretty close, they're saying. But, you know, these guys may just end up having to either be released or stay in the minors. But it's one of those great things to have. It is a very, very great thing to have when you're looking at, like I said before, with regards to the uh, the depth situation with the Yankees right now. I mean, a lot of guys, are, most most of the, most of the fans right now that are looking in, they're probably saying, "Oh, this team is playing above their head." But meanwhile, you know, you're looking at it and you're saying to yourself right now, as a fan, and you see the way how they're playing. They, they're just playing amazing. This is the way how the Red Sox wound up winning their, their championship last year was by playing small ball and by getting timely hits and by getting that clutch home run when they needed it the most. But, you know, with that, with all that being said right now, fellas, right, there's, there's this one anomaly right now that every Yankee fan has to look at. And you mentioned it, Steve. It's the pitching staff right now. And they, they are, they've been basically held by, by sticks and, and glue and rope and everything like that at this point. You know? So it's, it's kind of funny, but this team has just absolutely been playing at an unbelievable clip. They, they have been. So it's, it's fun to see. And as far as Didi goes, listen, I love Didi. I hope he comes back and, you know, he, he produces at, at a very good clip. But I don't think that you can uh, you can change the uh, the whole complexion here of this team, whether or not you have names like Sulawitsky and and all that with Lemayhew. I think Lemayhew's probably going to be at second base. Maybe he'll be like his Super Joe McEwing and go anywhere in the outfield or in the infield for that matter. You know, he's playing that role very very well. And you know what what's going to happen with Glaber? Is Glaber going to be at shortstop? At at third, it remains to be seen. But these kids right now, like I said, you can't take anything away from the kids. They're playing absolutely phenomenal. So there's there's a lot to be said. So changing the past a little bit, the other news we got this week was Brock Nelson re-signed the Islanders. Six years, six million a year, I think it was. 36 million. Um, what are your thoughts overall on Brock Nelson, and do you like the contract? Um, I like Brock Nelson, to be honest with you. Last year, the past couple of years, I kind of didn't like him because of his inconsistencies. But here comes Barry Trotz last year, and Lou Amaro placing that structure into, into the Islander organization and 
my goodness, has he produced in in more ways than not get having 53 points, being a 20 goal scorer. Um, you know, there's a lot of potential here for Brock Nelson to be that second line center, and he is with Matty B, Matty Barzell. Happy birthday, Matt Barzell, by the way, today. Um, his, uh, you know, his numbers obviously went up. Now the thing is, we know that Brock Nelson is a two-way player. We know that he could be a little inconsistent at times. But with that being said, $6 million over the course of, you know, six years, I mean, it, it does look good. I mean, if he were to go out there on the on the free agent market, he probably would have maybe gotten eight, nine million. That's the same thing with Josh Bailey two year, last year. He got that crazy extension, and he wound up playing very well, made it to the all-star team. And, uh, you know, he basically just played he played awesome, you know. But with all that being said, guys, I think the Brock Nelson move is a great fit because there's really no center depth in this Islander organization. You still got to wait for Kovalev to come up. Tanner Fritz, he was a grinder for a couple of games before he got hurt. There's a lot to be remain to be seen over here with what the Islanders are going to do next. But this team right now, I think they could, they, if they go out there and they re-sign Lee and Leonard and maybe get uh, Jeff Skinner, in which everybody's looking at, even re-signing a Valtteri Filippola, I think this team can be absolutely fantastic coming in next year. A little um, off topic, a little bit. We actually have some breaking news while we're recording. Uh, the Packers have announced that they have learned the passing of Bart Starr. Has passed away. Ooh. 85 years old. Le- wow, legend, legendary figure yeah. in the game of in the game of football. So that's absolutely crazy. Unfortunate. My condolences um, go out to him and his family. Yeah, it was really sad the last couple of times that the Packers uh, brought him out. He was obviously. It wasn't able to walk, so he was carted around with everything he did. So obviously, the winner of the first two Super quarterback winning quarterback for the first couple of Super Bowls. So uh, condolences for the yeah, ice and the ice ball as well. Ice ball. So many other things, but yeah, that's a sad day in the NFL history. Um, very sad day in, in the NFL. All right, so quickly back to the Islanders after that brief right. unfortunate news. Um, You mentioned Josh Bailey, and I think that's a very good comparison because we as Islander fans, you know, two years ago, you say the name Josh Bailey, and people just grow. And it's like, you know, this this guy's got to be out of the lineup. He's a bust, whatever. I think that some of those same feelings of Brock where it's like we've seen those inconsistencies. We've seen him, you know, the, the numbers, what he had now and what he did, you know, his previous seasons aren't terribly different. He went up like 10 points this year, I think. So like, it's one of those things where I think we have to forget the old Brock Nelson and think that this, that we saw this year is the new Brock Nelson. Absolutely. And, you know, you look at guys that are making this, this crazy amount of money right now too, on this, uh, on the silence team. Can't forget about a guy like Andrew Ladd. Uh, he's making a crazy amount of money as a money here two years ago. And I know everybody wants to roll their eyes after hearing that name, right? Um, Johnny Boychuk's making around $6 million. You know, these guys are big-time names, but they're also, too, they're, they're up there in age. That's also the, the other side of the coin here, that you get just signing a guy for that long, 
But at that same point in time, Nelson is only what twenty seven still, so he'll he'll he's going and he's entering into the prime of his career right now. So hopefully there there'll be more more good times with regards to Brock Nelson. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and coming out this week, there was actually a photograph found of I think it was actually the other day. It was uh, Anders Lee right? and Trotz sitting outside of yeah. Starbucks in Garden City, which, of course, you know, you you always look at all this, the positive signs of things. And another guy who's got a contract that needs to be negotiated. I know uh, Brian Compton and Art Staple were both very adamant about every time that Lee's agent was basically sitting with either Lou or Ledecky during the season. Now that Brock signed for 6 for 36, Will, where do you think we're going to throw... Uh, what we know is a 35 to 40 goal scorer guy. Um, it's a very good question. And I don't know what's going to happen here with regards to the whole Andrews Lee situation, but I do know this. He loves Long Island. He loves the fans. And every time he's going into warmups, he's not that robot that went up to Toronto. He's a guy that'll show you emotion. He's the guy that'll show that he cares about this team. And, from where he came from, where he came from. He was a seventh-round draft pick back in, what, seven years ago in, in the uh, 2011 draft? So he worked hard to get to where he is right now. And he mentioned in his one of his statements that he got interviewed in, what's the most important thing in a teammate? And he goes, loyalty. So obviously right there, there's a good sign. But you got to remember this too. The way how Tavares handled everything and the way how Andrews Lee handled is going to handle everything is going to be obviously two different things. Obviously, with John, he posted that picture on the wall uh, with the with him in the bed sheets and everything like that after the fact. And not every day do you get to live out a childhood dream with him sleeping in the Toronto Maple Leaf uh, stuff. But with all that being said. He went there. So it's not how it's how he did it, not what he did. He can right. go out there and do whatever he wants, but it's how he did it. Getting back to Anders Lee right now, every time, just to make a quick point here, every time that he would go out onto the onto the ice for warmups, I would be next to the sign guy, Patrick Dowd. And Patrick is a great guy. And he'll have his signs, always believe everything like that. And one sign that he had was Andrews Elite Lee. And whenever Andrews would come by after he made his first lap around the ice, he would he would uh, give a tap on the glass with his stick to Patrick. That's I I have that feeling. I have that feeling that he's gonna stay here and he's gonna probably get maybe around six and a half, seven million dollars for five years. And he'll be the captain for five years. That's that's my that's my honest guesstimate here. So. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, so with that being said, those are the two, and of course, Robin Leonard's a huge guy during the offseason. I would love to see them sign personally. Um, question becomes: Who in that free agent class are you looking forward to with the most? You know, now that uh, John Davidson went back to the Rangers, they kind of said, you know leaves the Rangers and Panthers in the Panarin race because the Rangers have the city life and J.D. who traded for him 
in Columbus, and then you got, you know, Coach Q Quinville coaching in Florida now. So people think, you know, that's where Panarin made became who he is. So he does want to go back to him. Who do you look at in the free agent class and start thinking? All right, these are the names I'm going to circle of guys the Islanders at least have to contact. Wow, you know that's a very good question. First and foremost, with Robin Leonard, I think uh, I think he stays with the Islanders. He's he even said himself he loves it here out in the island. But you know, another team may go out there and throw a boat ton of money at him. But uh, I think the love that he has gotten from the Islanders fans and from the Islanders organization, I think he stays here. So I that, think if you look at his personal life, life, you think you also kind of look at his personal life and you think, all right, this is where he was able to work everything out. He feels comfortable here. If he goes to one of those teams that just offer big money, it's a new city. Will he still be as comfortable as he was when he was here and things like that? So I'm sure that's going to be in consideration for him as well. Absolutely. Um, and as far as the free agent names go, uh, you know, I think they should go out there and sign a guy like a Jeff Skinner. Like I said before, I don't think Panarin's going to come to the island just because of the fact that, you know, does he want to go out there and play in this whole – and that's with any player with regards to the two arena situation, with regards to what, what has happened with the Islanders over the past four to five years with their, with their arena history and all that. So that remains to be seen. But I think with Panarin, too, he's, he's a Russian player. If he goes to the Rangers, Brooklyn, and, you know, Manhattan, if you go by Brighton Beach over there, it's a huge Russian uh, population over there. So maybe he'll come over to New York just because of that. Um, now, with that being said, there's a, you know, like you said, Stephen, there's a lot of uh, glory with regards to what the uh, Rangers are doing right now, obviously, they're the Broadway Blue Shirts. They play in MSG for a reason. I can't see the island. Like I said, I can't see the Islanders with Panarin. That would be a, you know, a dream, but I can't see that happening. I think they're going to go after Jeff Skinner. Um, everybody's linking up uh, Bobrovsky with uh, with uh, Florida because Florida is going to need a goalie, but they can't sell out a game no matter what. Um, and, yes, they uh, can. They can when they play the Islanders and Rangers because everybody from New York is down there. True, but still, <laughs> I mean, you look at you. You look at other teams like uh, like the Arizona Coyotes and and teams that really drew, don't draw well. That'll probably get moved out within the next three to five years. Um, they just don't sell out. But Florida, with the vantage point of the no taxes. Down, down in uh, down in Sunrise and all that. I think that might be a big, big key. But with the Islanders, though, like I said, I think Jeff Skinner is going to be a uh, a huge hit with this team. Uh, do they go out there and maybe trade a Nick Letty for another sentiment or for another scoring piece because of who's coming up in the Islander organization with Noah Dobson? There's just a lot of things that are coming up here right now with this team. But I definitely see Jeff Skinner being that guy. Maybe even looking at a guy like a Kevin Hayes, somebody that's played in New York, you know, maybe goes out there two-way center, plays physical-style hockey, and he could be a, a great penalty killer on on this team. I 
another thing here too is with with all that said with free agency, right? You got to see what happens with this uh, farm system right now coming up. You have a couple guys coming up still. Kiefer Bellows looks like he's knocking on the door. He'll be set. You might have Noah Dobson within another year and a half, maybe coming up and being this, you know, great uh, defenseman. Oliver Wallstrom, another guy, maybe take about another two, three years. So you don't want to spend all your money now on this, on this, uh, on these free agents. You want to see these young kids come up, and Lou Amarillo has a plan, and he sees all these kids that are coming up now and saying to himself, you know what? All the money that I'm going to dish out for a free agent, these guys are making, you know, less than that, and they're hungrier. So there is that. And, you know, in hockey, the game has changed a lot, right? Back in the day, it was a physical style of play. Now it's become more finesse and with speed. And youth always wins no matter what. So, like I said, I don't think the Islanders are going to do that much. Maybe they'll go out, they'll sign a couple of uh, a Skinner and a uh, like a a depth guy for the for the centerman role. But other than that, I can't. I don't think they're going to go out there and be that that team. But Blue Rule again has his cards played closely to him, and I think. He knows more than he knows a lot more than what other people are probably saying. So, it, we'll so see what happens. It's interesting because, like, you know, the past 50, probably like twenty years, it's like, all right, here we go, another off season for the Islanders. Who knows what they're gonna do? But like this year, it's kind of like a nice ease moment, knowing that you have someone who knows what they're doing when it comes to building a team, and you know that we have a coach that no matter who gets brought in is gonna put put that guy through through hell and fire to get him ready for ga- every game and like it's a weird feeling not having to worry about what the Islanders are about to do and be excited about it, it. it just because of management just because of management and that was where I'm not- leading off to the next topic the Jets <laughs> um they're the exact opposite right now with the firing of McCacken and as of right now Gase is the interim GM and we, we know you're a Jeff fan as well. Um, what's going on with that situation? Um, first and foremost, man, the Jets right now, they go out, they spend the hundred million dollars in in the free agency uh, in the free agents and they basically got guys like Le'Veon Bell who you hear in reports that, you know, Adam Gates didn't want him there, they didn't want to spend money on a running back like that. But when you get a guy like that, it, I think it's kind of worth it. Now, with that being said, you get DJ Mosley, one of the best inside linebackers in the league. You get, you know, they could have had Anthony Barr, but he wound up walking, wound up resigning back with Minnesota. So there's um With McCagnan, you know, right after the draft, you could have traded down and maybe built this team. Through, through the draft, but they went out and they got the best player available in Clinton Williams, and they got the kid from Florida who seems like he's a stud at outside linebacker. Could be another Jordan Jenkins again, but with that said, there's you know, you build the team up you can only build the team up so much, you know what I mean? And they had the opportunity to get that 
trade that number three overall pick, and they could have they could have built the draft. They could have built the team through the draft by getting quality guys, offensive linemen, uh, maybe another wide receiver. Even though they're good at wide receiver, in my opinion, the tight end position I think they're also good at. Even the running back position. The thing is, you got to get guys that that are like second and third string guys in order to build special teams up. So. You it's gotta just, see what happens there. It's it's just a weird situation. Like, why did why did you not fire him before the draft and free agency if you knew you were gonna fire him? That's that's something that you know, even even guys like Manish Mehta that covered the Jets, uh, they were all shocked after what had happened with uh, with regards to McCack and getting fired and getting axed and everything like that. Um, I don't know to be honest with you. I really don't know. But the one thing is this, you know, like being an Islander fan, being a Jets fan, you can only go through so much, right? I mean, the butt fumble, you had Belichick getting fired, resigning actually, after one day in 2000. And then, look, 20 years later, he's won many a Super Bowl and been to almost, what, 10 Super Bowls, 9 Super Bowls, to say the very least. Um, You have that, and then... You know, it just keeps on adding on and on and on. But the thing is, though, with with those with those Jets teams that made it in the 2000s, they had their four their first first round draft picks. They had four of them that year, and they made it to the playoffs in that decade alone. They made it, what maybe six times. You know, pretty good. But they didn't. They had great special teams. They had a good quarterback. Uh, situation going on with Pennington and then with Sanchez being there obviously didn't happen but with all that being said the past 10 years for this Jets franchise has not been pretty they haven't made it to the postseason since the 2010 season every Jet fan just basically wants to get back there wants to get back into the playoffs and just basically say okay here we go you know we're going to do this and with the with the ownership now, they might be obviously they might be top three, one of the worst, as far as what has gone on. Obviously, Chris and Woody Johnson. Woody Johnson's with the Donald Trump uh, administration right now, with with him taking care of London and everything like that. Uh, so Chris is taking over the role, and it hasn't looked that that good with with him in here for for the past two to three years. Although they got Sam Darnold over here, um, you know. McCagney, that whole situation that that might be it might be bad. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Like I said, he came in. He got guys like Adams and Garno and you know Lennon Williams. But with that being said, those are three first round draft picks. Everything else outside of that has been realistically a bust in in that situation. Outside of Herndon and and a couple other guys. You know, it's been an absolute bust. So there's scouting. There's a lot of things that have to deal with it. But, you know, you could say that it's the Jets' fault. You could say that it's scouting. You could say that it's the agency pickups and everything like that. The bottom line here is this, okay? You can only go through losing so much that one way or another, at some point in time, this team is going to come back and win, right? Mm-hmm. So I, there's... There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of turmoil right now. Everybody 
pace with the, the you know, after his uh, press conference when he got hired here with the eyes opening up and everything like that. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. You know, it, it, it is crazy. But, I, uh, it is. Maybe, maybe he'll come back in. Maybe he'll come this year. And remember, too, with these first-year coaches, okay, with the Jets in their history, they always do well. Herman Edwards, Rex Ryan, Al Groh, even Todd Bowles, they all had over 500 records. And yet, right after that, they went down. But I'm not saying that with Adam Case. But, you know, it's a good trend to have for a first-year coach with this team. So, uh, so I'm a believer, and especially in in Adam Gase, especially in a sense where here we are. This is a pass-first league. He's a quarterback whisperer. Sam Darnold is entering his second year. I expect big things from Sam Darnold this year. That's just my take. All right, awesome, awesome. All right, well, before we let you go, we got two sports in the finals. Who's who's winning at the NHL finals and how many games and who's winning the NBA finals? Oh man, you know, what a great story. I'll start off first with the Stanley Cup finals. What a great story the St. Louis Blues have been so far this year. I mean, they were January second, they were dead last on January second. The Islanders swept them in their series against them so far this year. But they played hard. They played hard and their coach Barube has been absolutely killing it with this team. Jaden Schwartz has been a candidate for the Conn Smythe Trophy. Uh, you know, Grimmington, the goalie, he's been absolutely hot, to say the very least. He's a rookie. Uh, Jake Allen's been on the bench for them. Tarasenko has found himself. Petrangelo, the captain, they've been all playing great. Maroon, the St. Louis native, they've been absolutely playing fantastic. And the, the city really has been rallying themselves around, around this team just because. And yet, here we are talking about them. You know, who would have thought January 2nd that this team would have made it to the Stanley Cup? Not many, but they played hard. They played hard every game from there on out. Every game going in is a playoff game. Um, and as far as the Bruins go, you know, the Bruins played hard every game this postseason. They had Toronto, high-scoring offense, shut them down in a seven-game series, right? Columbus, they were this close to getting eliminated. You know, not eliminated, but, you know, just playing playing hard. And Columbus gave them a real test with all the pieces that they got at the trading deadline and the guys that were walking away at the end of the year. So they gave up a lot for their run, but Boston took care of business and they beat them. And they wound up taking advantage of a – depleted Carolina Hurricanes team. So, with that being said, uh, you know, you look at everything that's going on right now. I like the Bruins in six. I would love to see St. Louis win, but it's going to come down to, you know, Boston's forechecking and being physical and pinching at that very same point in time. I could definitely see Boston winning the Stanley Cup in six games. So, that's my pick right there. But, with that being said, I'm a huge St. Louis Blues fan, you know, fan. What's going on with them this year? So that is, it's been a phenomenal story. I just wanted to give that 
continue to go on with the glory uh, and everything like that at the you know at the end of the games winning. I wouldn't be surprised if they took if they took one game in Boston. That's how physical and that's how much of a defensive team St. Louis is. Now, with all that being said in the Stanley Cup, switching over and transitioning them up to the NBA Finals, this is honestly it could be one of the one of the better NBA Finals in recent memory with the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors. Congratulations, by the way, to the Toronto Raptors for making it to their first ever NBA Finals. But the one thing that I really can't stand here is the fact that you have, and it shouldn't matter because it's off the court stuff, but with Drake being there, he's the super fan, okay? Everybody's getting into their heads. He's getting into everybody's heads, excuse me. And this might work out for Toronto. They have home court. The Warriors got to go all the way to Toronto now for for game one on Wednesday. And on top of that, you know, Toronto has the home court advantage. They had the best record throughout the year. Obviously, Milwaukee had the number one overall uh, record, but they beat them. And yet, here we are talking about this. Kawhi Leonard is an absolute stud. Kevin Durant may not play this series. Um, It's it's going to be a... uh, it's going to be an absolute fun time to watch with this uh, with this NBA final. But with that being said, I think the Warriors are going to win in four just because of the fact not four, but maybe like five to six. Maybe because of you know the fact that they the Warriors don't need Kevin Durant to play. They don't. Stephen Curry is still Stephen Curry. Clay Thompson is one of the best three point shooters. You still have Andre Iguodala. You still have Sean Livingston. You still have, uh, you know, new, a couple of names that I'm probably forgetting right now off the top of my head. But they don't. They don't need uh, Kevin Durant, and they don't need the Marcus Cousins either. You know, I think the Warriors are going to win five six. And like I said, I really, like I said, wouldn't be surprised at all if Drake gets in their head. Maybe the Raptors take a game or two. But with all that that's being said, I just want to make one thing clear. How many games did the you Stanley say the Bruins? Finals. How many this, games did you say the Bruins were going to win? Six. I think the Bruins are going to win in six. Bruins in six, and then you had the Warriors in five or six. Five or six, yeah. But I want to say this: hockey, right now, playoff hockey, it doesn't get the recognition that it does because of the fact that you know it gets like very minuscule TV ratings as opposed to the NBA finals with the players and everything like that playing. And that goes apart to, you know, you know, kids playing it and everything like that. It all goes into play. But with that being said, hockey is the better product to watch as far as trying to build a team sport goes. If you're a basketball player that's looking to, to, to play the way how they're playing right now with the three and, going back three, going back three, going back. There's no ball movement if you notice in these playoffs. And there's no parity in the playoffs either. So with hockey, for the past couple of seasons, there has been that parity. And it's brought together many a fan base in watching this great spectacle. So I think personally, the Stanley Cup playoffs over the past couple of years have been 
a way better product to watch. And there's been so much unpredictability that's been going on in in the uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs as opposed to the NBA playoffs. So, give me the Stanley Cup playoffs any day of the week. All right, awesome, Will. All right, tell all of our listeners how to listen to On the Board Sports. Certainly. So, On the Board Sports, you guys can follow us on, I'll give you guys the Instagram handle. You can follow us on Instagram at On the Board Sports, O-N-T-H-E-S-P-O-R-T-S. That's On the Board Sports. And on Twitter, it's the same thing, just without the S. And if they're listening to us, all you got to do, there's a couple ways how to go on. If you're if you have if you're an Apple listener, you go on to the podcast app and you just type in our name on the board sports and we're right there. You'll see our logo. It's a we've got some podcast studios, that's where we record at, that's who takes out our show and just does that uh, aspect of it. And uh, you guys can listen. We go on once a week and we do our we divvy up our show. Uh, it's a two-hour show, two one-hour shows. So there's that, and I just want to give a quick shout out, by the way, to my partner Sean Thomas, because without him, there would be no show. There would be no show without his post. There would be there would be nothing. So I just wanted to give him a quick shout out. So Sean, I love you, buddy. If you're listening, just uh, like I said, without you, there'd be nothing. There'd be no show. There'd be no on the board sports. So just wanted to give you a quick shout out there. But thank you. Awesome. Awesome, Will. And how does everyone follow you personally? Uh, follow me personally. You can follow me on Instagram at Will Trucci, W-I-L-L-C-H-I-R-U-C-C-I. That again is W-I-L-L-C-H-I-A-R-U-C-C-I. And on Twitter, you can follow me at W Trucci. It's W and my last name again, C H I A R U C C I. And, you know, it's been absolutely phenomenal. You know, it's been an absolute phenomenal time talking sports with you guys. It means real to me that, you know, we're talking right now for almost 50 minutes to an hour talking about sports and, you know, with Yankees and Islanders going on. And I know, Stephen, you're a Mets fan. Don't right off the Mets yet there's still great things that might happen with this team going in remember in 2015 remember in 2015 when everybody wrote them off after the San Diego Padres came in and beat them in in July those five days in July remember that mm-hmm. and then what happened what was it wow, four days in flushing it was five days in flushing it was the five days in flushing remember that the, with the rain out with the rain and everything like that they were up San Diego, and they wound up blowing it, and then they went up against Washington in the weekend, and they swept Washington, and they got Joanna Cespedes in that in that weekend deal with Wilmer Flores crying, thinking that he was going to go over to Milwaukee for Carlos Gomez. Dude, for any Mets fan listening out there, always believe, always have hope. This comes from a Yankee fan right now. Always believe, always have hope. You know, you never know what's going to happen in the baseball season. You know, just want to just say that right there alone. Don't give up hope. You never know what's going to happen. So just wanted to say that. Awesome, Will. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It was a pleasure. We'll definitely do this again over the summer. Ladies and gentlemen, guys, Will from On guys, the Board thank Sports. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, thank Will. Again. Thanks, no Will. Problem. Thank you, guys.
Welcome back to the SD Podcast. You just listened to Across the Bear by Division 1.1. Thank you, Once again, thank you, Will, for coming on, talking Yankees, Jets, and Islanders. Uh, it was great. And make sure you check out his podcast. Uh, so let's start. Let's talk about the Metsies. Um They're hanging in there, third place, uh, just swimming around, just being a 500 team, which is good and bad at the same time. Um since you guys have been able to watch more games, I've just been able to watch the consent games or just actual highlights while being in Italy the last two weeks. Um, what are what are some takeaways if for me to watch out for the last couple for the next couple of series coming up? I watched all the whole game yesterday, so a lot of things I took away from it. But typical Mets with that. Um. The replacements is, is yeah. that's what it's been. It's all um, everybody has had a big hit that they've signed. Obviously, Gomez with the uh, three-run homer on Thursday. Juan Lagares had a three-run double on uh, I think that was Wednesday. I'm getting the days mixed up now, but uh, who knows Ligaris, what day any of these guys doing? Yeah. Month, I forgot what it was. It was over the course of, of between the, the National Series. Ligaris had a three-run double, and then later in the inning, Roger Davis had a three-run hit a three-run homer. Aaron Altair hit a home run in his first game, his first at-bat Friday night. So, and then obviously Tomas Nito hit, a, hit the walk-off yesterday. So it's basically it's been the backups and the replacements that have been carrying the team. Which Matt Kemp's going to have thirty homers this year. You heard it. Matt Kemp, here he comes. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, they, they signed Matt Kemp and Irvin Santana. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, having depth guys produce is never a bad thing, in my opinion. But we're at the point where Nimmo's probably going to be out a while. This, this uh, neck or thing, whatever, is a lot more serious than they were letting on. It's probably why he wasn't hitting at all. Um. McNeil and Cano are both it's a hamstring and a quad. Those are injuries we know take time. They just need to rest. So if it was a week, sure. We're looking at 10 days, probably two weeks, a series with the Dodgers, a series with the Yankees, with, you know, Carlos Gomez playing every day. I, I'm not sure how sustainable it is, but if they can hold water, Gomez seems to have brought some life to the team. I, I mean – these aren't guys who are nobodies, obviously. Like, Carlos Gomez has been an all-star in his, in his career, and he's not old. He's like 32. He's still got plenty of baseball left in him, I think. Aaron Altair is a very talented, athletic guy. So it, it, it's possible that they, you know, keep it up, but I don't know. It's been the same thing. The bullpen's been very good, but it's Tyler Batchelor and Drew Gagne. Um, I think Gagne blew the game on Friday, but it's just crazy that they have the lowest ER. They had the lowest ERA in National League. Right, the lowest bullpen ERA for the month. But it's like I said, it's uh, Gisellman had a scoreless inning streak before he blew a game on Thursday. It's just this. It, it's I mean, Gisellman's a, ma- a main guy, but it's guys we're not expecting. And like I said, that's a good thing. But it's also you know we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the bullpen did a solid job last night. They they had four guys coming out of the pen last night. Well, five right. guys. 
went out of the pen last night. And it, it was very dire because a couple other guys had their knives off. So uh, they did their thing. So. Mickey needs to go. Yeah, that's the common denominator towards the end of the end of the day, more times than not. Um, clearly, it's over his head at times. I, it's okay. just he made a move yesterday, and I get, I, I, I get they don't want to use Diaz too much. He didn't really have his good stuff last night yesterday, even though the hit he gave up was a blue pit. I mean, that's just a lucky hit. Not much you can do. Mm-hmm. But in the same move, he took out his best pitter, hitter at his best pitcher. He double-switched Pete out of the game. Now, it's putting in Dom. It's a, it's a downgrade, but Dom's been doing fine. But it's like... I, yeah, but that's also the late-game move. Yeah, I know, but you're... But it, you were up. When they, with, and I, no. honestly, with, honestly, with Pete, though, Pete looked mismatched last night, and I'll be honest with you. It, it was a. I. I'm not gonna get mad over the Dom Smith move because he's been doing it all season long and it's worked out more times than not. So I'm, I'm I know. Not gonna, I'm not gonna get him on that. He did it after the game was tied, though. Like if it was, if they were up by a run, you do it. That's what you do. Dom's well, they had, defensive they had, guy. They had that's it. The double, they had to do the double switch. You for, you, you're forgetting to mention that too. I know, but they had to do it. They did it after, like taking Diaz out. They did the double switch. True. Okay, but so like instead of he got one out in the eighth inning, he could have pitched the ninth inning. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, that was a bit of a nitpick, but I still like, he's just made some moves that have. Oh no! Been, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, the one thing you went at it was a little bit of nitpick, but I do agree with you. With the majority of the majority of the fan base does agree with you on that one. Steven, thoughts? Uh <sighs> I, I, they're just like the most confusing team ever. Like they have the bases loaded with one out, and you can't get a baseball past the pitcher's mound. But then yeah. Thomas Nito, an inning later, two innings later, or inning later, hits the ballpark, an opposite field home run, to win the game. Like, you know, when Cespedes got hurt, I texted Vin. I'm like, you can't make any of this up. And Vin said it the best. He said, you can, and nobody would ever believe you. You could yeah, write no. this stuff every day, <laughs> and nobody would believe you that anything ever happened to this team. If you could find me a Hollywood writer that knows what hand, foot, and mouth disease is, bring them in. <laughs> like, let's—I'd like to see it. I don't think there is one. And that was the no- next topic. What's going on with Noah Syndergaard? Okay, I don't know, but there's a lot of people. Listen, there's some hot take artists going on on the internet. People, I know he was hurt. I know he talks sort of a big game. He does a lot of off-the-field stuff. Sort of. He, ha- I, he doesn't okay. shut up. He has literally never been a bad pitcher in his life. I don't care what the injuries, I, I, I don't care about anything else. His The highest ERA he ever had was three and a half. That was in his rookie season. Correct. He's never been a bad pitcher in his life. This inconsistency, I don't know what's going on. The fact that we have two pitching coaches, is should these things shouldn't happen. But we do. But it's happening. I'm much more concerned about him than obviously the name out Jake because Jake's been inconsistent too. But like, he wasn't going to have a a below two ERA again, and the path to a three ERA isn't giving up three runs every time. It's up and down. Mm-hmm. But like, 
I'm not seeing like he's not his, his velocity is still there, his control is still there. He just is I don't know. A lot of the hits he gives up, and this has been always from day one, are are like soft hits. The like bloopers or something finds a you know a CNI but single. But he's not stopping the bleeding. Sure. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, I I don't think he's not blowing it I'm by hit, anybody. I'm not hitting the panic button yet, but I opened the case that's over the panic button. Valid. I don't know what I mean. I don't know. I, I, I was scoreboard. I was uh, box score watching, so I can't really get a feel of everything. So I, I don't know. Like especially with the Tigers, like this, you you go through everybody they come up, and it's like they have a couple guys who you know. Like they have a young guy, uh, Christian Stewart, who's apparently like a big prospect. They have Miggy. They have Nick Castellanos, who's pretty good. Josh Harris, and these are guys you know. But everybody's average, besides like Miggy, is under 200. Like they were all just guys. I and never they heard came of. coming off a nine-game losing streak. Let's not yeah. And it. and, and yes, so two homers. That one guy um, had one hit all season in like a week in major league play. He had three hits yesterday. Yeah, and Lugo, apparently he was also like and he was also like 0 for 20 against left-handed hitters, I, left-handed pitchers, and I don't know. It's the frustrating thing to me was it seemed like he stopped. Like he get the first two innings, he gave up two runs each, and then he stopped the bleeding for two two innings, and he was back to being fine. And they scored runs for him. And then obviously, you know, it was back and forth the whole time, and nobody couldn't stop anybody. Friday night, it was he struck out nine guys. So like he had decent stuff. It's I don't know. They said he's using his slider less, and that's historically been one of his better pitches. So maybe something's going on there. I I really don't. I don't think it's anything physical. He needs to just get his head out of his ass. That's my, that's my analysis. Head of the ass. <clears throat> what? He shaved like the sides of his head. He needs to cut his hair. That's what he needs to do. It makes him more aerodynamic. Tell, go to whatever guy Jake cut Jake's hair. Go to that guy. Have him cut your hair. It's probably Jake's wife. <laughs> okay. And you're not going to say no to him. You're not going to say no to her. You know, that won't work out well. Because Noah Listen. acts like he's 15 when it comes to women. And we don't need the two of them to be fighting over Jake's wife. I mean, that would be interesting. That, listen, that would be the ultimate story. It comes out that the Mets have to trade Jacob DeGrom because Noah and him are fighting over his wife. That's That would be the See, Mets. that's the thing. If you look at it right now, they're trading Noah if that's the case. Oh, I'm, I honestly, if they're not in it in the, at the deadline, I would not be surprised if Noah gets traded. And I don't think I don't think it'd be the end of the world. Like I don't think Zach Wheeler's been Zach Wheeler's ERA is a lot higher than I feel like it should be. He keeps having his one bad inning. Steven Matz has been great. Like trading Noah might not be the end of the world. And Gary said it at the end of the fifth inning yesterday. If every five days Jason Vargas gives you fifty pitches and four runs or less, it's a victory. 
Yeah, he's been pitching, okay, I'm not going to say well, but for Jason Vargas' standards at the last couple of years, he's been pitching well. If, if you can give me, like, a, yeah, the last, I, it's, it's not a good start. Like, I think his last start before he got hurt was, like, four innings and three runs. But, like, if Seth Lugo is healthy and you can give me five innings and two runs, I'm good. Because then you just, it's a Seth Lugo-Vargas start, and you're in the eighth inning, fine. <clears throat> they need to win today. That's that's my analysis. They need to win today. Win today, yes. and you're not really worrying about anything else. Are we and we need Willer to go deep today. Well, right, I, yeah. seven seven innings out of him. I don't use Familia ever again. Whoa, it's happened. I, it's happened. I, the world I'm turned sorry. around with I, Danny going to Italy. Whoa, I don't know. You I know. Be, you I might... know. He flirted with the uh, the tweet a couple weeks ago. But whoa, I, t- I I I texted Devin and Steven the other day that he is now Alejandro Diaza. Whenever he pitches good, it's a bad thing. Oh, dropping Diaza on us too. I I, I, I don't know because it's, it's nothing physical. He's throwing. He's just throwing. This is hard. I mean, he hasn't been walking people the last like since he came back really from the injury. But it's just, I'm done. I'm done defending people. My stomach's in knots every time he pitches, which obviously can't be a good thing. Like, it's just, I, I can't do it anymore. Sometimes you have to, you know, let people go. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel that. All right. The NBA and NHL finals are set. Will told us Bruins in six, and he told us Golden State in either five or six. So, gentlemen... Where are we beginning? The one that nobody's going to watch or the one that most people probably watch? (laughs) I said hockey and then said basketball. (laughs) Basketball's a lot quicker. I mean, it's it's Golden State. Yeah, they're getting their fourth title. But, But here's the thing. Here's the Hello? thing with with Golden State, right? Um, yeah. With Toronto and Golden State, you got to realize that Kawhi Leonard was the piece that beat the Heat the la- the year the Spurs won. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Okay, and that's what created it. The year before, <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think Leonard was on the team. The year Ray Allen hit the shot, or maybe he was, and he was a rookie. I don't know. One of the two. Anyway, that get I I don't I think that gives Toronto a little bit of a opportunity that people are not giving them. I, Listen, I think Golden State people... went from a work the ball around until KD gets open and give him the ball and then let him walk it work it around, right? To uh, yeah. Seth dribbles up the court, Clay gets open, shoots the three, someone rebounds it, kicks it out to one of the other ones for. <clears throat> And Clay doesn't miss often, they, so they they are a more balanced team when KD is out. They're the splash, this you know, quote unquote splash bros style comes back out, and it brings out the you know Steph Curry is allowed to be Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. I I think they win either way because Durant's the best player in the earth. Yeah, but they said I, Durant, I they win- Durant could play in game. They said four or five he could play in. 
I, I think it'll be over by then. I'm thinking, I, Warriors, I, think I'm think, I think Warriors in five, unless the, yeah. the Raptors home court is just something that I don't see happening. I don't know. I think the Warriors are so battle-tested at this point that with – yeah, the Raptors have had a phenomenal season. I think I think this is more of a battle-tested scenario, but it would it would be awesome to see the Raptors <sighs> – what a fight up, obviously. But oh, I think I'm it, rooting I, for him. But yeah, I think I think I think the ra- I think it's going to be Warriors in five, six is wow. All right, we got something cooking. You know they talk about Toronto having the home court, right? And Will was mentioning it before, but it's like Cleveland all those years or all those Miami teams. They just they never Golden State didn't care during the yeah, season. Yeah, they they it doesn't matter. They knew all they had to do was get to the playoffs. Exactly. And they showed it against the Trailblazers, who were arguably the hottest team going into that series. And Golden State just didn't even think twice about it. Yeah, they didn't even think twice about it. And, you know, Damian Lillard, by the way, top five player in the league. You heard him here first. Oh, yeah. Definitely top ten. All right, so what's the games? We got Vin with the dubs in five. Yeah, same five. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing the same. Gentlemen's sweep. I'm gonna mm-hmm. say, rap, uh, Golden State also, but but in six. Okay. I think I think Kawhi. The, I think Kawhi himself could end up. You know, it may get to that point where it's three one, and Game Four could be one of those games where Toronto just like, all right, we got this in the bag. Don't even have to put too much effort into it. And then, you know, they just end up losing that game and. What is it? It's two, three, two in the NBA Finals. No, no, they switched it. It's uh, two, two, one, one, one. Two, two, one, one, one. So that would mean yeah. Game Six is back in Oakland. Correct. Which would be the final game. It makes it make it more fun for them. When the last yeah. game they ever play in Oakland. Yeah. Right. The championship, and then go raise the banner in San Francisco. Well, in their new, I guess. Yeah. Okay. They're crossing the bridge. The new stadium right, is right exactly. by where the Giants play. Didn't you listen right. to Keith yesterday? How excited he was that the Warriors are finally coming home to San Francisco and no longer going to be playing in Oakland. I mean, I, I hardly ever listen to what Keith is saying. Wow! Wow! It's a lie. That's a I mean, time lie. Keith is by far the weakest link of the group, but. I agree. There's like, nothing better than a 15 inning game with Keith Hernandez. Oh, oh well, that's 100. for sure. The moaning and groaning is hilarious. Get a couple of Jesus in. Jeez. Yeah. Um, hockey wise, mm, the Blues have a story. I'm always down for a team with a song too. When you get a song, it's a special thing. Um, Gloria. <laughs> it's, it's a great song too. You, you and, a bar still, song? and the blue and the barstool guy. YP is just on fire with chinchilla and all his stuff. I I'm still gonna say Boston. I say in six though. Boston's just too good. Tuca's been unstoppable lately. There again, the battle testedness. Yeah, but um, ready. Islanders swept Pittsburgh. Carolina swept the Islanders. <laughs> Boston swept Carolina. St. Louis sweeps Boston. 
I don't no, think so. There's a trend, Vin. I'd be floored if Boston got swept. Floored. It's going to be a good series, but I say Boston six. I say Bruins in seven. Uh, I wrote this down before. I was thinking about this earlier. Let's see. Who did I put? Save that. Of course, everyone should go gamble with all this. I said Boston in five. I I just you could tell at the end of the Carolina series that it was just it just got easy for them. And I think St. Louis's youth in net is going to be what hurts them. And I think if it wasn't for the Lightning's historic year, people the Bruins had equally as good the, of a year. The Bruins went sure. on a on a like I think it was like a 9 or 10 game winning streak. And they gained one point, and we're still, like, 15 points behind Tampa. I, I don't think – they didn't lose a game in regulation in, like, the month of January or something. There was a month where they didn't lose a game in regulation and they gained, like, two points because Tampa was so dumb. And that's just not normal. No. no. But, I mean, like I said, Tuka has been the main thing and because he's, he's always kind of been up and down and consistent. And but if he continues to play the way he's playing, I think they got it. Even though uh, St. Louis's goalie Bennington is on another uh, run, he's another great story. I, the story is the Blues, but I think the end up the the Bruins are a better team. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I, I think it's it's gonna go. I I think a seven would be awesome, but anything. With the Bruins, I, I they were going to be my Stanley Cup pick uh, at the start of the playoffs, so I'm I'm sticking with them. Isn't they just it, the fact that they've been there? We've seen it. Like mm-hmm. we said it throughout the first round with Pittsburgh. There's no counting out Pittsburgh until the handshake line. Just because yep. they've been there a hundred times. Just because Crosby, Malkin, even even the goaltending at this point for them, Murray has been there a hundred times. So there was no counting them out, and it's the same thing with Boston. If they go, if they lose game one, they're gonna win. They can win the next four games without without blinking an eye. Crazy to think. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, other podcast apps, ESNY.com, Elite Sports. Two weeks from yesterday is the Landon Collins softball game make sure you go online to get your tickets check out license plate guys instagram bio for the link for tickets we also keep posting things about them as well we'll reshare it soon um i know we're gonna be there we're gonna get some media passes we're gonna have a good time the smy guys are gonna be there as well so it'll be a good time so make sure you're following us on instagram facebook and twitter to make sure you can see our days and how it's going and who we get to talk to and all the fun that we had i know vin and i had a lot of fun a couple years ago um, anything else, guys? SNDblog.com. Thanks again to Will from On The Board Sports. Make sure you're checking them out. Boys, anything else? No. Have a good one, and we'll see you soon. Everybody enjoy the week. Enjoy the finals. It should be interesting. Also, thank you to everybody who has served and is serving right now. It's Memorial Day weekend. Remember, people, without them... We wouldn't be able to go hang out on the beach and have our barbecues this weekend. So, yep. Have a safe and happy holiday, and thank you to all those, those that have passed away. Yes.
all those who have, who have, like I said, who have fought and are fighting now for this great country. Thanks, guys. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired fitness celebrity Billy Blanks. Okay, everybody, our car just got a broken windshield. How about we blow off some steam? Now punch, now kick. Uh, Mr. Blanks, there's no need to be stressed. GEICO makes it easy to file a claim online, on the app, or over the phone. Yeah, but what if I never hear back? That's going to make me want to go jab and jab. Uh, nope. Your GEICO claims team is always there for you. Okay, do I still get my post-workout protein shake? Sure, Billy. GEICO, great service without all the drama.